Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Ryder, and welcome back to my podcast about law and literature. I have another episode for you today, another American author, and this time a female, my first episode on a female author, which is sweet. It's Harper Lee. You know her as the author of the great American novel, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, If you're like me, you read To Kill a Mockingbird in your high school English class. And if you're like me, you really enjoyed it. And if you didn't enjoy it, I'm sure you at least recognized why it's considered such a valuable piece of American literature. Uh, As I think about it, I don't think I've ever met somebody or talked to somebody who read To Kill a Mockingbird and didn't like it. I'm sure you're out there, but even if you are out there, um, I'm confident that you can admire the piece for its influence on American culture and society and history. Let's get right into it. Harper Lee is an amazingly wonderful, mysterious individual. She was born in 1926 in Alabama. She lived um, 90 years till 2016, so she passed away only a few years ago. In 2007, Harper Lee was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is a huge deal. It's the highest civilian award in the United States, and it's a pretty big deal that that was given to an author. The award is given based on one's contribution to American society, um, and I think she definitely deserved it. Harper Lee, her name is actually Nell Harper Lee, Harper being her middle name, and she was named this name came from a doctor named William Harper who saved the life of her older sister Louise when she was young um Harper Lee her whole life she went by the her first name Nell which is Ellen spelled backwards cuz Ellen was the name of her grandmother but i'm going to refer to her as Harper Lee cuz that's how we know her that was the pen name she chose to be published under To Kill a Mockingbird is about a young girl named Scout who grows up in Alabama in the 1930s during the Great Depression. And her father is a really, is a lawyer with a lot of integrity. And so the story focuses on Scout's um, youth and also her father's role as a local lawyer um, who defended a black man in a criminal court. So I want to talk about Um, what role the law played in Harper Lee's personal life and why she felt drawn to depict the law the way she did in her novel To Kill a Mockingbird. The law was very, very present in Harper Lee's life from day one. Uh, Harper Lee's father, his name was, um, he he went by A.C. Lee, his initials A.C. for Amasa Coleman Lee. He was a lawyer and a politician. He served in the Alabama State House of Representatives for a few years when Harper Lee was young. He was the inspiration for the character Atticus Finch. So Harper Lee's own father became the inspiration for Atticus Finch, the father of the narrator of the novel Scout, Scout Finch. This guy, A.C. Lee, he never went to college. He never got a legal education but he was very industrious and he was very hardworking. In the 1930s, he moved his young family to Monroeville, Alabama, and he began to manage a railroad line under the direction of a local law firm. The law firm was called Barnett and Bug. He was motivated then to study law, motivated by these his employers, this law firm, and he did so independently. Never went to class. 
um, just studied and had the help of his employers, obviously. But without any sort of formal education, he passed the Alabama bar exam and he began practicing law with this law firm that he was originally working for. They changed their name to Barnett, Bug, and Lee. Pretty amazing story um, of enterprise and hard work. And um, Amasa Coleman Lee had a really renowned legal career and later was a really well-known politician in Alabama. But his legal career had a huge impact on Harper Lee when she was growing up. One thing that I thought was really interesting and will be an obvious... Um, influence in her life as we've seen in the novel that she depicted in the novel was something that happened early on in A.C. Lee's legal career. Um, before he kind of specialized in real estate law, he represented two black men in criminal court, a father and a son who were accused of murdering a white storekeeper. The men were found guilty by the jury and then they were hanged. Um, I couldn't find any information about this case and whether or not these two men were actually guilty or if they were framed, um, which is the case in To Kill a Mockingbird, but it's apparent that these kinds of cases really had an impact on Harper Lee's life because she wrote about them in her novel. Um, A.C. Lee really wanted his daughters to study law and to become lawyers because he wanted to start a family practice. He wanted his daughters to join his law firm and they could become like partners in law. It was kind of his dream. So he pushed Harper Lee to study law. She went to the University of Alabama. She was a great student, loved studying English, and then <clears throat> was enrolled in University of Alabama's law school. Same with her older sister, Alice. Her older sister, Alice, graduated with a law degree and became a lawyer. Harper Lee was dedicated to this legal career, felt really kind of pushed by her father to do it, but then something happens, something kind of crazy. She has one semester left at University of Alabama to get her law degree, just a few more credits, and she decides to drop out. And it's pretty disappointing for her dad, actually kind of devastating, and he's frustrated and confused, and she, um, she moves to New York instead. She wants to pursue writing instead of law. Understandably so. It was kind of her forte. She, uh, Her entire college career, her focus was on writing essays, short stories. She contributed a lot to the pu on-campus publications, on-campus journals. She wrote kind of funny stories for like the humor papers. She just loved writing and she had the courage to pursue it instead of law, which is obviously a lot more lucrative. One thing I thought was really interesting is that um, when she was at University of Alabama doing her undergraduate and her law degree, she wrote a lot of essays on racial injustice, and she tried to get them published on campus. It was an issue at University of Alabama because at this time it was a segregated university. It was only after um, Harper Lee graduated, moved to New York, that Brown versus Board of Education started gaining momentum and people started integrating universities in the, in the South. And this is a huge deal, but Harper was already picking up on it beforehand. She was already writing about it. It was something important to her. Racial injustice was important to her. There were a few crime cases um, that ha happened in or near Monroeville um, that, I, that really influenced Harper Lee's life because of her father's work uh, at a law firm. But then also 
um, her father later on in his career, while Harper Lee was still living at home, he bought a newspaper and he became the editor for a local newspaper. And he wrote a lot of the articles. He covered a lot of his own criminal cases, a lot of his cases, what was going on. And we see a lot of stories of black men who are convicted of some crime, some murder, some rape, and then are sentenced to death. And in a lot of them, evidence comes out either right before their sentence to death or right after that the convictions were totally false. There's no evidence. And in fact, there's evidence that refute the case, but, but these black men were still put to death. There was one case where um, a black man was convicted of raping a white woman and sentenced to death. But then there was evidence that was established that the woman had been lying. And so this black man's sentence was changed from a death penalty to life in prison. Just these crazy stories that I think um, deeply resonated with Harper Lee as being totally unjust and totally the product of her society's prejudices and biases. Um, her father was a great influ- influence for good in her life. I mean, she is, she built the character Atticus Finch on him, and Atticus is like the greatest hero of, of all literature ever. But they did have a complicated relationship, and that's we see that as, you know... Her dad's desire for her to become a lawyer really clashed with her desire to write fiction. And so one biographer put it this way. um, Her writing To Kill a Mockingbird was an attempt to work out her differences with her father. I think that's pretty beautiful. Um, She never finished school, but Alabama Law School later awarded her an honorary law degree. So already we see her life, she is steeped in the law. She's steeped in the criminal justice system she is it is on her mind what i thought was interesting too is um and this kind of contributes to the overall purpose and interests of my podcast like i said in the first episode i'm interested in author intent but more so i'm interested in the biographies of authors and what elements of their own personal professional lives can we find in their literature harper lee said this people would ask her you know like oh give me some advice i want to be a writer and she and her main piece of advice, if you want to make a piece of literature that's successful and potent and really moving, she said, write about what you know. Write about what you know. Harper Lee did that. She wrote about what she knew. She wrote about, you know, being a child in, in Alabama during the Great Depression. And she wrote about law. Those are the two things I think she really had a deep, deep understanding of um, at the time of her life when she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. She moves to New York. The writing of To Kill a Mockingbird takes something like 10 years because she just can't quite figure out how to make this piece of literature work. She throws out all these drafts, these manuscripts. Finally, she perfects it. And in 1960, she publishes this novel and immediately it's a success. It wins the Pulitzer Prize the next year in 1961. In 1962, it's turned into a hit movie that wins four Oscars. Um, And uh, at this point, it's you know sold millions and millions and millions of copies all around the world translated into 50 languages it's a it's a force for good in the world today i love this book and uh it's been interesting for me to think about well what what is what can we see in the book as harper lee's perception of the law Kind of the main question, I think, of the, or one of the main questions of the novel is, how does prejudice corrupt the law? Um, The novel is published in 1960, so kind of right when the civil rights movement is 
starting, but it's set in the 1930s. And I think that was probably one of the reasons for its critical success is it kind of puts a little bit of distance between the reader and the novel, um, puts some distance between the reader and the overt racism of the novel. But what's funny is the issues put forth in the novel were just as relevant in the Deep South in the 1930s when the novel set as they were when the novel was published. We think of um, cases in the 1950 like uh, Brown versus Board of Education, segregation uh, in universities, or in Alabama, this boy Emmett Till, right, who who um, flirted or winked at a white girl and then was beat to death by white men, and these white men um, weren't published or held accountable by the law. And so we see a lot of relevant material in To Kill a Mockingbird in the time it was published, and I think Harper Lee's kind of recognizing the power of prejudice. Prejudice, when it's collectively focused, is is more powerful than the law, more powerful than justice, evidence, facts, anything like that. And she points out that when our when our conscious minds are kind of dictated by irrational, primitive fears, that's more powerful than the law, too, you know? I read something interesting, too. Uh, Harper Lee's novel, To Kill a Mockingbird, it kind of dissects um, the difference between law and code, which is something I had not thought about before, but uh, it's pretty obvious. L- the law is something that we establish. The government establishes it. Um, it's a legal structure at either, you know, like a federal or a state or a local level. Breaking the law, that's that's a crime, and you can be punished under the direction of the law for breaking a crime. But code is something that's a little bit more... Mm, it's... It's culturally constructed. It's based on people's opinions, their ideologies, their prejudices. Um, it kind of establishes what is proper conduct, and that varies from society to society. The breaking of this code doesn't produce, you know, like a legal punishment or incarceration or death or anything like that. It just produces society's disfavor with you, and that's your punishment. So it functions a lot like a law that you have to adhere to it, and when you don't, you have this kind of punishment. But there's no, you know, there's no courts involved. There's no lawyers, anything like that. So this black man who's on trial in the novel, Tom Robinson, he needs to be judged by the law. If were he to be judged by the law, he would be set free because there's evidence um, that supports his innocence. But he's not judged by the law. He's judged by code. He's judged by a, a white judge and a white jury. And it's their human biases and prejudices that put him in prison. I thought that's so fascinating um, that our codes have power to to bend the law. Um, yet, and 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 of all the authors, you know that we're we're talking about in this podcast, they're all pretty critical of the law. They think the legal system is totally flawed and totally fails to establish justice or you know, obtain the ideals of a legal system. But then again, the hero of this novel is, besides Scout, obviously is Atticus Finch. And he's this model lawyer. He's articulate. He's just. He's compassionate. He's fierce in the face of injustice and oppression. And he establishes this kind of virtuous, this image of a virtuous lawyer, kind of a model for for lawyers everywhere. And so I think that's pretty neat that Harper Lee saw that, you know, the law could be 
um, upheld and could establish justice if everyone were to be like this guy, Atticus Finch. Pretty beautiful. Harper Lee, her life for me, and I hope for you guys, you'll recognize this uh, as we discuss the relationship between law and literature. She's the ideal. She meshes the two perfectly. The, the, the ideal function of law and literature both, I think, is to enrich and better the lives of individuals in a certain society, right? So there came a time in Harper Lee's life where she, she met a crossroads. She could choose to pursue law, a legal career, or she could choose to pursue literature, she had an affinity for, for both. She had background in both, you know. She had desire to do both, obviously. She chose literature. But she did not wholly abandon the law. And because of that, her novel has been, you know, an enormous force for good globally. And there, I read one survey that says, uh, it's a pretty famous survey conducted a few years ago, I think around the turn of the century, that said, To Kill a Mockingbird ranks second only to the Bible in being most often cited as making a difference in people's life. You know, the piece of literature that has made the greatest difference in people's lives. And I even read a few surveys that ranked To Kill a Mockingbird higher than the Bible. That reading To Kill a Mockingbird has caused a greater change in people's life than reading the Bible. That's amazing. And uh, I think that exhibits the power of literature, the power of law in literature. Lee Harper Lee, she used her understanding of law in her literature to create an influential, thought-provoking piece that for me, and I think for everyone that reads it, it demands of its readers to assess their beliefs, their prejudices, and motivates us as readers to take courage in the face of injustice. Um, so Lee gives me and I hope everyone an ideal example of an author who uses both law and literature together to make a difference in the world. Um, yeah, just a few things to think about. Thanks so much for listening.